There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, welcome back to In The Pink with me, Natalie Pinkham. Now, as I mentioned on the last podcast with Paul DeResta... I have taken up a golf challenge and that is to learn the sport in just five months. I have never hit a golf ball before or at least hadn't done uh, before March and myself, Fleur East, Helen Skelton and Bella Shah are taking part in this Slingsby Academy. Slingsby being the gin and the academy being the four of us and we are then going to take each other on in August and whoever wins that then has to go and take part in the BMW PGA Pro-Am in September at Wentworth in front of tens of thousands of people. Very nerve-wracking. I'm so scared. Anyway, I thought it'd be really nice to chat to the other girls in the academy uh, on this podcast and talk to them about their experience of learning the game and about their careers as a whole because you know what I am so lucky to be doing this alongside them they are three fantastic girls all with very different backgrounds and stories but all with cracking personalities and I'm sure you'll enjoy our conversation so first up we have Miss Fleur East on In The Pink here she is Hello, beauty. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm very good. Listen, it's been a whole day since I've seen that big smile of yours. I've missed you. <laughs> we, out, we were out playing golf yesterday. I mean, I say playing golf in the yeah. loosest sense of the word. We were whacking balls in hope more than expectation. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> some went left, some went right. Frequently they went straight. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so how are you finding the challenge as a whole? I just think it's hilarious that I'm actually <laughs> taking up this sport, to be honest with you, because when I've told majority of my friends and family, the first thing they've done is just laughed because there's no way they could have ever predicted I would take up the challenge to learn to play golf, but not only that, actually enjoy it <laughs> and slowly kind of in a roundabout way come to grips with it. So yeah, yeah it's all very new to me, but I'm, I'm loving learning it. Like, and when, when you actually do connect with the ball and you manage to hit a good one, it feels amazing. Oh, it feels good. It feels so good. I mean, it doesn't happen that often, but when oh. it does, it feels so good. So what was your sort of view of golf before you started this process? 
I always just thought, firstly, it was only for old men. <laughs> that was the first thing. And then also I just thought, you've got to be really wealthy to play golf. That that was kind of what I, what I thought initially. Um, but then actually getting into it a lot more, I found that people are reaching out to me from the golfing community. And a lot of them are friends that have grown up in the same area as me and I didn't even know played golf really yeah so there's almost like been this secret society this is what it feels like and now everyone's coming out of the woodwork so why did you take on the challenge did you want there to be a shift in perception was it just about you on a personal journey going out of your comfort zone yeah initially for me it was the challenge of doing it because I love to challenge myself but then secondly I think when I learned that it was about raising awareness and trying to get more women into the sport straight away I was like I'm all over that because I just love supporting women I'm all about lifting up women and just being a great community and a support for each other so as soon as I saw that I thought oh yeah I need to get all my girls involved I want to teach all my girlfriends I want to just yeah raise awareness about it and so have some of your girlfriends got involved because of you have they are, are they now starting a golfing journey yeah I've got a few girlfriends friends now that want to take up lessons so that we can actually be in the <laughs> so that'll be cool so you are going to play each other well I mean I think it's the perfect combination of quality time with your mates and a good old natter and a walk but fresh air yeah. and you know if you can hit some balls in the process then happy days yeah and I love that you actually just zone out from everything else and that's something that I didn't expect I always thought to switch off you have to either meditate or I don't know, read a book or something like that. But then as soon as I started to get into golf, I thought, actually, you all you're doing is focusing on the ball and your technique. So you get to switch off from everything else that's bothering you in your life. And it's, yeah, it's quite therapeutic in that way. Yeah, it really is. Now, part of this podcast is understanding what makes my guests tick, you know, mm -hmm. what, what inspires and motivates you. And when I look and uh, cast an eye over your life, it feels to me that you've had lots of different challenges in the same way that golf has presented itself and you've really mm. stepped up to those and constantly evolved as a performer and as a person would that be fair yeah I think so I, I I've just always learned that I think growing up when I was younger I was always very scared of things and I had a lot of doubt a lot of self-doubt and it was only my family and friends that would encourage me and push me to do things and step outside of my comfort zone um, and I was very reluctant to do that for many years. But then the moment that I did it, um, I saw the results and I saw that actually there's so much reward in doing that and being able to set yourself a challenge and then to say at the end of it that you've achieved it. Um, and you learn a lot about yourself in the process. So as soon as I started to do that a bit more, I became a little bit more fearless each time. And I still have that little niggle of self-doubt in me I think we all kind of have it in the back of our minds but I've learned to silence that voice a lot more so where did the self-doubt come from you were just were you a shy kid what was that about I was a really shy kid I can't yeah. believe that this I can't believe everyone it says. everyone says that they're like no way no way I was very shy um painfully shy and to the point where my family would have dinners and they'd force me to stand up and sing. And it would take me sometimes two hours to actually get the confidence. And even then I would be facing the wall because I couldn't even face them to sing. 
So, and then I was in a string of girl bands for years. And um, I remember just thinking, oh no, I love being in a girl band. That's why I'm doing this. And I think now in retrospect, I think it was mainly because I didn't have the confidence to go out on my own. And um, I like to have people with me <laughs> so that, you know, I didn't have to face all the scrutiny and carry the pressure on my own. That's so yeah, interesting. So you were almost hiding behind other people. Oh yeah, a lot of the time. Really? Mm. But yet, ultimately, it feels as if your voice has given you a voice in a metaphorical sense. It's it's been that talent that has carried you, and 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 a belief in that talent, perhaps that's taken a while to be fully realised. But that's yeah. what's but that's what's made you who you are. Is just, is is just hanging on to that talent. I think so. I mean, I, I have early memories of I think being like five. My parents bought me a keyboard. And I was sitting in the living room making up a song on my keyboard. And then I remember sort of feeling a presence behind me and I turned around and both my parents were standing over me watching me. And I burst into tears because I was just so shy. Um, and, and just the thought of them watching me in that moment just made me get really, um, really nervous. So um, yeah, they always used to hear me singing in my room and then they sort of encouraged me to to follow that passion a lot more so if it wasn't for them I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now and so where does your talent come from I mean normally families are musical uh (laughs) did you grow up in a you know in a house buzzing with music and energy and dance yeah it's it's a funny one because people always say oh can your mum sing can your dad sing or whatever and no my parents they claim at one point in their lives they could sing (laughs) <laughs> but I don't understand where your voice goes <laughs> when you get older. Um, but one thing they did have growing up was both my parents had a shared love and a passion for music. So in my house, every single day without fail, they were playing music in the house all day. And they'd have parties regularly. And even when my mom was pregnant with me, they used to play music through headphones onto her belly. So I'm, I'm convinced that that's what gave me sort of my rhythm and my ear for music. And what sort of music? What were your influences? So they used to play a lot of Stevie Wonder, oh, uh, yeah. Michael Jackson, George Michael, uh, so many different groups, Madonna. Um, and I used to listen to a lot of High Life as well because my mum's from Ghana in West Africa. So I used to listen to a lot of Ghanaian music as well. So it was a real variety. Now, I work for a charity called Hope and Homes for Children and a couple of years ago we did this uh, campaign called End the Silence and and without getting too heavy now because it is a bit depressing, um, children that are left in orphanages um, lose their voice because they learn very quickly not to cry because no one comes when they do and they often therefore grow up in in a childhood full of silence um, Mm. which is heartbreaking and so what we were trying to do is break that silence and without sort of shortening the story and being sort of flippant about it, I remember turning up to an orphanage and it being completely silent and thinking, well, there can't be any kids in here because there's no noise. Mm. And there were hundreds of children all looking back out at me, silently rocking. So we decided that we wanted to do something called End the Silence, which was about making noise. uh, And Mm -hmm. we got a lot of friends in the music industry involved. But the one question that we asked every person um that, that that was involved in the project was what was the one song that reminds them most of their childhood you know how you can close your eyes listen to a song and just get taken mm-hmm. back and and it's and it moved you and you almost regress back to being a kid and when we asked that question 
and I'm, I'm I'm padding this out a bit now. I'm filling now to give you time to think of that one. <laughs> yeah. But when we asked that question, there wasn't a single person, whether it was Elton John, Ed Sheeran, Jensen Button, that didn't love talking about it because it was it evoked incredible memories. It mm. took them to a safe place, um, and it was part of what made their childhood special. Um, and you couldn't shut them up. I mean, once they started, that was it. So what was your one song? It's a bit like Desert Island Disc now, but you've can only, little, yeah. you can only choose one. I think one I'd have to say is, <laughs> because at the time I hated it, but um, Van Morrison, Brown Eyed Girl. Oh. So my dad was obsessed with Van Morrison. And as I said, we used to listen to music all day, every day. And they come to a point where we'd got we'd gone through Bob Marley, we'd gone through Stevie Wonder, George Michael was done, and then he'd play Van Morrison. And at the time, I used to think, "Oh, Dad, this is just so old. I don't like this music. I don't get it. Like, I just didn't connect with it at all." And then, as I got older and I started to write songs and I started to perform a lot more, I then realized how amazing that song was, <laughs> really. Um, and also just his music, just Van Morrison's music um, as a whole. But it always takes me back to just being at home, sitting in the living room. And my dad was such a geek with music. And he used to, he was a bit of a handyman as well. So he used to wire up speakers in every single room of the house. So you'd travel from the living room. This is before Sonos. You'd, you'd travel from the living room to the kitchen, to the little room before the garden, to the toilet, to the bathroom, to the bed. Every room had a speaker in. So you just hear Van Morrison just blaring out the speakers and when it was a nice sunny day, we'd be sitting in the garden, just drinking and chatting and just enjoying each other's company. And yeah, music was always a big soundtrack of every memory really that we've had. Wow, he really was ahead of his time, wasn't he? He really was. <laughs> we, need, we need him in F1. So, so when did you realize that you could make a career out of your voice? I mean, I know that um, obviously you had two X Factor experiences, but there must have been before that, that your family were sort of geeing you up and saying, look, you could do really do something with this talent of yours. Oh yeah, I think from maybe my early teens, so maybe the age of 13, when I started to sort of think about what I was gonna do when I left school, I always knew that I wanted to sing and I was just obsessed with groups like the Spice Girls and uh, Brandy and Alicia Keys and people like that and I used to, obsess over them so I used to watch all of their interviews uh listen to all of their songs learn all their lyrics write them down you know this is before we had all the streaming services or or even websites that you could find lyrics so I used to painstakingly sit there and listen through everything stop rewind write out the lyrics I just made it my thing I just consumed it um and it was then that I started to take it more seriously and went to singing lessons and things like that and then before X Factor I then was part of a band with DJ Fresh. So it was when I would think I was like 20, 21, that I auditioned to be part of DJ Fresh's live lounge. And then from that audition, he then said, I'm putting together a live band and I'd love you to be the, the singer. So straight away, I was then thrust into this world of touring and I toured for two years. It was me and 11 men on a tour bus go around the world <laughs> I don't know how I did that to be honest with you looking back now. that's what's toughened you up there you go <laughs> that's it yeah um and 
it was it was amazing training for me because I was going on stage every night, but I was performing someone else's songs. I was performing someone else's music. I was really doing a show that people had paid to come for someone else's song. So I wasn't really like the, the name, the headliner. I was just part of someone else's dream, really. Um, and I think seeing that and getting a taste of that then spurred me on even more. And I knew that it was 100% what I wanted to do. Uh, but did it make you want to be sort of take creative ownership of some of the music as well? Did it make you want to be maybe a bit braver and go out there on your own and, and write stuff and and Definitely. perform yeah, because, as an individual? Because what was cool was that DJ Fresh was a producer. So mm. a lot of the time we'd have guest vocals come on. So we'd have Rizzle Kicks come on, Dizzy Rascal. We'd have Miss Dynamite. We had Rita Ora all these different people coming on stage with us and they were obviously really successful in their own right as well. And then I got the privilege of recording and writing my own stuff with DJ Fresh. So on his album, Next Levelism, there's a track that we wrote together called Turn It Up. And I'll never forget the day that we performed it on stage and I thought, oh my gosh, finally, I'm I'm singing a song that I've written. Like, this is my song. That's so cool. So yeah, that definitely gave me the flavour for it. And I just, I really wanted to do it on my own then. Do you know, it's funny you mentioned Miss Dynamite because uh, Willow was walking, my four-year-old was walking around the house the other day going, Miss Dynamite, no. and I'm thinking, where has she got that from? I must have been doing the same. You must but, have. But at four, and it's quite funny because I often think about like what music they will talk about when they're our age. Yeah. It reminds them of their childhood. Um, so obviously you came to the sort of public consciousness uh, around X Factor, that's kind of when you exploded onto the scene and became a household name. Do you feel like that was your breakthrough um, in terms of the spotlight being on you? Or do you feel that there, there are other more significant moments in terms of your career development? I definitely think that all the training that I had in terms of like my singing lessons, all the girl bands I was in, all the touring I did with DJ Fresh, I feel like all of that was in preparation for my X Factor experience in 2014. Because the moment I got through to live shows, I had a rocky start. My auditions weren't amazing to begin with. Why do you think that was? Again, Earths? it was that fear. It was that was self -doubt. It? again. Oh. I just stepped, I thought, I've got all this experience. And as soon as I walked into that room and saw the judges' faces, I thought, oh, I'm on my own again. I'm doing this on my own again. I don't think I can do this. And I even said I, would, I wouldn't go back after my first audition. Even though I got through, I started what? to convince myself that I wouldn't go back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What, through your own choice or you just didn't think you'd be able to? No, my own choice. My own choice. I just said, you know what, if I don't go back, then they won't show me on the show and I can just pretend I never auditioned. Um, And then my husband, at the time before we were married, he said, what are you doing? You You sound like you've lost already. He was like, go and train and go back to that next audition and show them what you're made of. So the moment I got through to the live shows, I then knew that I had all of that experience through all the years of touring and performing that I was like, this is now where I can Got you. really come into my own and show what I've learned over those years. So for sure, it was a huge moment for me. And so were your, the initial nerves, were they coming through in your voice? Was it compromising your performance in terms of like, could you hear it? You could hear it straight away. And I remember really? I sung a cappella, and it was um, John Legend, Ordinary People. And Great I started song. it a lot higher in a much higher key than I'd practiced at home. And I just committed to it and kept going, even though I was struggling. So you could hear the struggle in my voice. You could hear the tension in my voice. I was so, so scared. I was terrified, but yeah, I managed surely, to get through. I was going to say, surely they've got the, you know, they could they can see talent and they can see that actually they just need to help develop your confidence. Isn't that something that they can take on themselves? I think you so. know. I think they, your coach. they saw something. They saw something in mm. me. But I remember Simon's words. I'll never forget them. He looked at me and went, "Yeah, you got three yeses, but that was a really poor audition." Because <laughs> well, he knew you could do so much better. Yeah, he said, "Why should I even put you through? That was a really boring audition." Oh God! And I said, um, "Because you just need to get me on the stage. Just get me on a stage. I can show you what I can do. Please, just get me through." Well, and at least you had the uh, the confidence to say that. I mean, that was. That in itself is pretty cool. Okay, so uh, uh, I remember a lot of people feeling that the, the the massive breakthrough performance was Uptown Funk. Mm. Why was that? Um, it's interesting. I think because one, traditionally on a show like X Factor, you do vote for people you like, but a lot of the time the songs influence your popularity because <laughs> you kind of vote on songs that you know. So I think why it was such a big moment was because that song, Uptown Funk, wasn't even released yet. So no one had heard it. I think it was only released in America. And someone on Simon's, Simon Cowell's team had heard it. And they said, this is perfect. Fleur needs to do this. And at the time, I had a completely different song. I was doing a Nicki Minaj song. And it was the day before the semi-final. And they said, we've got another song. You've got to do this. And I was like... It was a day to learn it. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? I've learnt my song all week. I'm absolutely terrified. I want to go through to the to the next round. And you're telling me that I've changed my song. And not only that, it's a song that no one in the UK knows. So I'm taking a risk now and singing a song that people won't even be able to say, oh, that's my favourite song. Um, but then I just took it as my moment and I thought I can own it because no one knows the song. And I, again, I love a challenge. So I decided to just learn the routine, learn the song. And I performed it and I'll never forget seeing my family after I came off stage and they went, 
flow you don't know what you've just done you don't know what you've done and I thought oh my gosh give me goosebumps <laughs> it was amazing I loved it and, and and when you get out there and perform like that is it like when you hit a golf ball really well and you just know <laughs> it is and it's almost like you go into a different realm so you just go outside of yourself because I don't remember from start to finish even really experiencing that performance I just remember standing there and hearing in my ear okay Fleur three two one and then that was it it was like boom I just flew through that performance and even watching it back now I look at it and I don't remember those moments or those steps that I did it was just something took over but I remember just having so much adrenaline and just seeing the judges faces and I knew that it, you know the risk had paid off that is epic I mean it is an incredible tune I love it it just That's takes me song. back yeah yeah and I remember Mark Ronson coming to the Monaco Grand Prix because he actually loves F1 and I remember oh. him 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 DJing at the back of a boat in Monaco I mean the sound is so poncy <laughs> doesn't it in Monaco baby we need to get you to a race actually I mean Monaco is up next but it's not going to be the same it's just, it's just not quite yeah. the same. And it's a surreal experience, but when it does get back on track, maybe next year you should come. Yes, um, Maybe I'd love Mark Ronson to. would come back and you could perform it together. Imagine, I remember I bumped Imagine. into him after yeah. that year. And he, um, he sort of said to me, he's like, oh, hey, uh, I feel like I should buy you a drink or something. And I was like, I, I've, I've heard that you hate me because I performed your song before you released it. <laughs> and he sort of laughed and said, no, 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 not at all. He said, what you did was so cool. Like you, you know, you helped promote the song. So he was oh, like, not at all. That's cool. That he, he he is supposed to be a really lovely bloke. And he actually DJed at the End of Silence, the Hope and Homes thing oh, that no. I told you about. Yeah, yeah, wicked bloke. Oh, that's so nice. It's nice when you meet people that are, you know you kind of meet your heroes if you like and they're as yeah. cool as you hope they would be um so but i i have read that at times you doubted yourself to such an extent that you were going to quit the music industry and reinvent yourself entirely um mm. ultimately what pulled you back from doing that i think i sort of sat down and i thought into the future i thought you know years ahead really and i just kept imagining me giving up music and then sort of sitting there with my children one day and them saying oh mum you can sing did you ever sing and then me sort of saying to them yeah you know it was it was a passion but I didn't really do anything with it and that I did not like that feeling of maybe having regret one day and saying that oh, I never tried I never pursued it and I didn't want to have that feeling and I think that's what that's what kept pulling me back to it and that's what pushed me to, to have the courage to go into the X Factor. See, that's amazing because um, I think anyone listening and lots of people have obviously struggled, particularly in the last year or so, that visualization is a massive thing. Mm. Uh, like, and, 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 you know, if you have moments of self-doubt or you're, or, or you're depressed or you're struggling to actually try and think into the future about where you can see your life, yes. you know, what your dream is, then you can hopefully start the, the building blocks towards that. Oh, yeah. And I think if the fire burns bright enough within you, you'll make it happen. Even if there are so many obstacles in your way, you will find that passion and that determination mm. to, to push through it. But there are plenty of other strings to your bow as well, not just not just singing <laughs> and golf. 
yeah. <laughs> golf is one of them. Oh, isn't that hilarious? It's kind of surreal to say golf, isn't it? It's like ne <laughs> never imagined we'd be talking about golf. Um, you, you're also getting up at the crack of dawn. I mean, before dawn, actually. Yeah. And uh, and uh, talking to the nation on the radio. How are you finding that? Oh, I absolutely love it. I really don't like getting up that early, though. That's one thing. You're a night bird, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I am. And I just I stay up late. That's when I'm my most creative. I find it really hard to get into bed early. But then my alarm goes off at 4 a.m. every day. And it's like that rude awakening <laughs> every morning. Um, and that's the one downside. But then once I'm up and once I'm in the studio and we go live and I know that so many people are listening, it's, it's a buzz. I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. And does it go anywhere, any way towards the buzz that you get from performing live, singing live? Yeah, I think it's it's just that live element of knowing that people are listening, knowing that you're you're entertaining people, you're in their ears. You're it's the same as kind of doing a song. It's like you're a soundtrack, like I was saying in the beginning, you're a soundtrack to so many people's memories and to their day. So even when we get texts in and people say, "Oh, I listen to hits radio every morning," and you know, when I drop my kids off to school, that's the thing I look forward to. And I, I put you guys on and I'm laughing in the car and things like that. And I just remember growing up and listening to the radio for years and always having that on on the way to school, on the way home. So it's really cool that I now get to do that. That's lovely. I mean, you've got such a great energy. I think it would be wasted if it was in, you know, just one off individual performances. The fact that we get you every morning, <laughs> get your little fleur fix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, well, look, I feel that I'm going to put you on the spot now again, mm. and um, I'm going to ask you to sing something. Oh, wow. That really is on the spot. Well, only because for anyone listening, um, my daughter loves to sing. And the other oh. day, she, her favourite song is Dance Monkey. I'm sure there's lots of other mums that get that <laughs> loop in their house. And Fleur did this little voice note for her and it made her day. And then she kept going around going, play me Fleur again, play me Fleur again. Oh. Probably because I'm tone deaf and I can't sing and she'd actually just love someone in the house that could sing. That's and it so made me cute. realize that even just hearing you sing for 10 seconds lifts people. Oh. So will you belt something out for us to finish the podcast with? That's really nice. Okay, I'll sing uh, something from one of my favorite singers who I mentioned earlier, Alicia Keys. Yes. Um, if I haven't got you, I'll do a little chorus for you guys. <clears throat> Drum roll. Some people want it all, but I don't want nothing at all. If it ain't you, baby, if I ain't got you, baby. Some people want diamond rings, some just want everything, but everything means nothing. If I ain't got you, if I ain't got you with me, baby. Fleur, that was magnificent. I'm tingling. That's so beautiful. To be able to turn it on like that, you are incredible. Fleur East, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Fleur, for your terrific energy. She's just got such a lovely way about her, doesn't she? And she's applying all of that to learning the game of golf. I'm so lucky, so lucky to have crossed paths with her and the other girls, Helen and Bella, who are coming up 
on this podcast too. So, um, yeah, stay tuned because in the coming weeks you'll hear from both of them and plenty more other great guests. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, let me know what you think and you could be in with a chance of winning some Bose headphones. Until then, we will speak soon. Take care. Bye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 